You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He's rescued Daniel. From the power of the lions. Perhaps some of the greatest testimonies of God's kingdom are those that come from individuals who once hated God with an utmost passion. In some cases, it's almost unbelievable that someone who once profaned God would one day issue a decree of his greatness. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the faithfulness of Daniel and the effect that it had on the Persian Empire. In his study, you'll learn how our faithfulness to God can play a role in softening even the hardest of hearts. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, with today's edition of The Living Word. Of course, you know the story of Daniel. I'll never get tired of reading it. I'll never get tired of telling it. I'll never get tired of preaching about it. Here's Daniel. God's raised him up as a government official in Babylon. His government peers don't like him. They don't like the God he serves. They're jealous, and they're going to get him. But they realize the only way we can get him, because he's so faithful in his, in his service to the government, the only way we're going to get at him is if it has something to do with his God and his faith. And so they go to King Darius, and they say, Hey, King Darius, we thought it would be a great idea for the next 30 days. Anybody prays to any other God except you? Throw him into the lion's den. Darius said, that's a great idea. He makes the law, which according to the Medes and the Persians, can't be repealed after it's made. And right after the law goes into effect, Daniel immediately goes to his his home, opens his windows toward Jerusalem. And just like his pattern had been before, he prayed toward Jerusalem. He prayed. Well, they're there snapping pictures. They take the pictures back to Darius and say, Darius, this guy Daniel, look it, look. He's praying to a God other than you. So Darius has Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Now, like his friends, God delivers him. The lions do not eat him. But he didn't know that was going to happen. He was willing to suffer. He was willing to die. Let me take just a moment and read you the results of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den. Here's the result of their willingness to suffer and even die. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said... Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Daniel chapter 6 verse 25. 
Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He's rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So many great stories like that. But not all of them are delivered in this life. Stephen wasn't. Most of the apostles weren't. But they left an undeniable witness to an unbelieving world. And through their lives, some were saved. Let me leave you with one more story. Go with me back to the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to summarize most of it because we don't have time to read through the whole story. But it's a story of a man named Joseph. Starts out with him. 17 years old. He's the youngest of Jacob's children. He was born to Jacob in Jacob's old age. He becomes a favorite son. He is hated by his brothers. Verse 2 says, Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. In other words, he told something they were doing wrong. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made him a richly ornamented robe. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, could not speak a kind word to him. Please note verse 5. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more because here's the dream. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Oh, his brothers love that dream. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. Now note with me, please listen. It's a dream from God. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. I don't think that was smart, but he does. He said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Now we know from Revelation that the sun and moon represent mom and dad, Jacob and his wife, Joseph's mother. And the 11 stars represent the 11 brothers. They knew that too. Look what it says. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what's this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Two dreams, they both mean the same thing. It's about future exaltation. And so Joseph is going to have to have faith because what God does not tell him is what's going to happen in his life between the dream being given and the fulfillment of the dream. And if he had, what did happen? Well, one more interesting note. Before the story goes on about Joseph, you have in chapter 38 a story about Judah, one of Joseph's brothers, And he ends up having a sexual relationship unknowingly with his daughter, Tamar, who dressed up and disguised herself as a prostitute. We won't go into that story, but just to say, that's a terrible sin. And while Judah is sinning terribly, Joseph is suffering greatly. I think there's a message there. You pick it up in chapter 39. 
Joseph is sent by his dad to check on his brothers as they're out tending the flocks. When he shows up, they say, here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him. They throw him into a cistern, going to leave him for dead. But one of the brothers says, well, we're not going to get anything out of it except the joy of having him dead. But let's get more than that. Let's sell him. So they get him up out of the cistern, sell him to some Midianite merchants. Midianite merchants go down to Egypt, and they sell Joseph to a man named Potiphar. And Joseph becomes a slave at 17 years old. Potiphar's wife, not a righteous woman at all. You talk about a pagan. She notices that this 17-year-old guy is a hunk. And the Bible says he was handsome. He was well-built. And she tries to seduce Joseph day after day, and day after day he resists. He abstains from sinful desires that would war against his soul. He has a dream that's greater than the dream of going to bed with this woman. There are a lot of guys that would love to be in Joseph's sandals as this woman is throwing herself at him day after day. He's far from home. He's hated by his brothers. He's been done wrong. He's wondering what in the world happened to the dream. He's suffering. He's abstaining in the suffering. And doing what's right after this woman day after day tries to seduce him. And one day when nobody else is around, she grabs him and says, come to bed with me. He runs. And that's the only counsel God gives for sexual sin. Flee. Flee. She keeps his garment in her hand. Potiphar, her husband, comes home and he, she says to him, this Hebrew slave tried to rape me. He believes her, throws Joseph into prison. So he suffers unjustly after doing the right thing and abstaining from a sinful desire that would war against his soul. While he's in prison, cupbearer and the baker, they offend Pharaoh. So Pharaoh throws them into the same prison as Joseph's in. Joseph ministers to them. They both have dreams, dreams that trouble them. Joseph sees that they're troubled, says, hey, what, why are you so troubled? Well, we had this dream and it was like a nightmare. We don't understand it. He says, well, my God's interpreter of dreams. Tell me your dream. Maybe he'll tell you what it means. He tells him what it means, and the interpretation for the cupbearer is good. Three days after this, he's going to get his job back. But for the baker, not so good. Three days from now, Pharaoh's going to have you come out of the prison, and he's going to cut your head off. They both come true. As the cupbearer is leaving the prison, Joseph says, listen, remember me when you get your job back because I'm here and I'm innocent. I'm here suffering unjustly. Put in a good word for me, basically. But the cupbearer, when he gets out, he forgets about Joseph. Two more years go by and Joseph is rotten in this stinking prison and he's suffering unjustly. The Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live him out in your daily life and proclaim his praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. 
Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word, or visit our YouTube channel. There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.